0: Good morning, it's DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and twelve eighty of the zone. It finally feels like college football season again. Everybody's back, baby! Everybody's back. I know the Utes haven't played a game yet, they don't play till Saturday, but when you're in the media, game week starts on Monday. Because coaches' availabilities, you've got an opponent to talk about, which means Tuesday morning, they're always going to wake up Aggies, Utes, Cougars, we got them all covered for you. We're going to start with Gary Anderson. He came on with PK and I right at the end of the show yesterday. 930 seems to be the way his schedule is working. Seems to be a good window for him. You early risers? Yeah, we're not getting him. We're not getting him at this point. But we know you want to hear from him, especially after two really poor performances. They were dominated at Boise State. They were dominated by San Diego State. I know it was 10-7 at the half, but I thought that was misleading. They hit on one big play, and San Diego State had four good drives, missed two field goals, made a field goal, and scored a touchdown. Down. it felt like the Aztecs had the upper hand and in the second half it proved to be true I think the, the Aggies have had one good quarter so far and that was the third quarter of Boise when they were down 28-0 the Broncos took their foot off the gas and Utah State scored twice and the Broncos put their foot back on the gas and they scored twice and one going away so it's been hard I mean, we want to talk with Gary about the uh, the mental aspect of that but also Nevada who is also I think a pretty good team and I think they've got a very good wide receiver. I was really impressed with him in the two games I've, I've watched portions of. Them. I haven't been able to watch either game all the way through. Um, and when you play night games in the, in the Mountain West, you, you play right through talking sports. I don't get to see the whole thing. Uh, but he's looked good. All of that to talk about with Gary. But, you know, the stat of the day is they gave up 407 yards. And Gary's reaction when he sees 407 yards on this stat sheet and has to talk to the team. Here's Gary.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Um, there's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and we are where we are. And uh, we got to continue to fight and battle. And a ton of credit goes. That was as physical as offensive line that I've been around for a long time. Um, they did a tremendous job. They got at least three to four really good backs, um, a big giant tight end that's a physical kid that's, uh, you know. So we uh, give the credit to them. And we have to understand where we are and why we are where we are and uh, not let any of those be excuses, but be opportunities to... You know, get better, um, and that's exactly where we sit. And you know, we uh, you look to where we were a year ago and, and how we played with those guys, and it, it doesn't really matter. It's a bunch of new faces. It's this. It's a bunch of that, that. All doesn't matter. We have to be able to get better. We have to compete, and it was extremely frustrating. It still is, uh, but the challenge is, is when you're a coach in these scenarios, um, in tough times, you got to be the best coach that you've probably ever been, um, and that's to. Be hard on them, yes, to correct the mistakes, but then work really hard to try to put the kids in a position that's something that they can do physically and that they can hang in there and get done. Um, And that was very, very difficult, uh, quite frankly, our first two games to be able to hang in with people physically. And um, that's hard to swallow for everybody. No one wants to hear it. Kids don't want to hear it. Coaches don't want to hear it. You guys don't want to hear it. Um, But, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and we have to look at it and address it to put us in the best spot we can be to compete.
2: So when a team doesn't have a huge margin of error, little things that go wrong can really make a difference. And two things stuck out at me. Your first try, the very opening possession of the game, you're moving the ball and then I think it was a third down, and you get a drop pass that would have given you a first down, and then you got a punt, whereas maybe you get some momentum there, and I'm not saying it changes the course of the game, but maybe it changes the complexion of the game. But nevertheless, you drop it. And then first possession of the second half, where you got them at second and 26, and they get a first down. These things really are adding up and are killing your ball club, I would assume you would think.
1: Those, those plays are... You're you're you hit it right on the head. Um, if you'd ask me what two critical moments were in in the football game, and there's obviously more very big plays and situations and opportunities, but I would have pointed those two exact plays out. Um, it was it, w- it was a big drop, um, you know. And Brock, a young freshman, had a, had a couple of those. Hopefully, he can learn from that and be able to make those plays. Uh, and I think that, you know, San Diego State's experienced defense handled it well. And, you know, sometimes you can – guys will get in your head. And we talk about this all the time as a football team and I communicate with the kids that experienced football players at this level are going to get into your head both physically and mentally. And uh, I believe that happened a little bit in that situation, that scenario from there. when one drop, well, suddenly we got another one and that wasn't good. And then, the you know, the big play um, – we got in a position where they're going to be kicking into the wind. We took the wind in the third quarter. Uh, we used to get them stopped back there and hold them, and it's going to be we'll get the ball in the maybe the fifty at the worst, and uh, that didn't happen. And that that was uh, very 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 difficult. It went all the way down the field and scored. So, hundred percent agree. Those are, are two situations and. Again, we can. It's really easy to just sit and say, "Well, the kids got to make the play, and we got to do this." Well, we gotta, we gotta coach them better, and we gotta help them get where they need to be. So the pressure's, you know, on all of us, and our job is to help kids get better, and that's where we have to be. And we are where we are for a reason. And you win football games when you deserve them. It's not the first time in my life I've been in this spot, and so it's my job to make sure I, I help the kids as we get through the the next six games.
0: Well, you talk about you've got to coach them better. This is a weird week. You've got a Thursday game. You're going to travel Wednesday because it's a road game. And then Tuesday, the NCAA is mandated a day off because of Election Day. Now we're in a state where most people vote by mail, so I could argue the NCAA is about 25 years too late on this. But let's just slide past that and go to your issues, which is you only got Sunday and Monday really to coach them up. How do you handle this week and maximize that?
1: Well, we we practiced last night, so we brought the kids back in. The coaches were in here bright and early on Sunday morning. Uh, we practiced and uh, watched the film of San Diego State and uh, also the uh, intro to Nevada yesterday, and then went out and practiced. And this to, this to be a normal Monday for us. Kids will come in here and practice this afternoon, uh, which is you know, at a Tuesday, a Wednesday practice, actually. So, uh, but the time will be the same today. Tomorrow we actually can practice until 10 o'clock, and that's when they shut us down is 10 a.m. tomorrow. So um, we can be here in the morning and get a practice in, and uh, away we go. So that's what you got.
2: Do you know if Warren's going to play yet, or do you want to say? Who's that? Jalen? Yeah. Jalen yeah, I believe Jalen will play. And I believe Carson Terrell has the
1: opportunity to be back too. So that will be uh, that'll be good. And it was you know, Jalen was a game time decision, he just couldn't you know, he <laughs> No one wants to play more than that kid. No one competes harder than that kid, but he just could not get it done. and uh, He admittedly knows it was the best thing to not play, and I think the trainers and everybody involved made the right decision, and so hopefully we can get him back. Could he play today? No, but I think he'll play by the time we get to, uh, to Thursday, and hopefully Carson will be there with us for the first time this year. So looking
0: ahead to the Wolf Pack, I can argue you've played the two best teams in the league so far, but I think I can argue Friday morning there'll be a decent chance you will. By then you will have played the three best teams teams in the league, and I know it's a team game, but also when you have one matchup, you can really beat it into the ground, and Romeo Dubs had six catches for 211 yards for Nevada as they beat UNLV 37-19, and I was watching that game, and they threw him a long pass, hit him over the top, and he got down to the one, and they punched it in, and then they got the ball back, and like three minutes later, they're like screw it, we're throwing the ball to him over the top. Don't outthink the room here. And they get a 65-yard touchdown. Now, he also had the game-winning touchdown catch in overtime against Wyoming. So I know it's a team game, but is he priority 1, 2, and 3?
1: Well, I'd say the receivers are priority 1, 2, and 3. And there's three of those guys, at least, that are really good players. Um, and a quarterback that, uh, gosh, he's, he's just really grown up. Um, he is a, a really talented player um gets the ball out of his hands, plays within the system, a good leader, but the, the receiving core has, has been fantastic, but that all starts with the quarterback getting the ball out to him and um giving him a chance to be able to make plays and so it's uh, you know it's run and shoot. They're gonna get the ball out the field and it's gonna be really no different. You know, you're gonna beat these guys, you gotta score. You gotta score some points and you gotta be able to make sure it's a dynamic offense to say the least. Um and uh, it'll be a challenge, but uh, those those receivers, I would put them all as a whole, very very talented. Um, great job of getting those kids into the spot that they are today, and they're, you know, the, there's a senior, a junior, and a sophomore, and they're all um, playing at a high level. Big tall kids.
2: You talk about the quarterback Carson Strong. He has thrown 230 consecutive passes without an interception. I don't know that you're going to break it, but I mean, can you find a way to get them rattled a little bit, at least to maybe hurry up? Yeah.
1: Well, the thing about the the, the run and shoot offense as a whole, and they'll do more than the run and shoot. They'll jump into some two back stuff, and you know, move it around and do some things. But the the, the the whole main offense as a whole, where they start, is definitely within the run of shoot, and that's where they live in. So you've got to be able to push the quarterback. A year ago, you know, I thought we did a really good job in this game of being able to get the quarterback off the spot. It was a different quarterback. Uh, this kid is, again, the way he spins and gets out of his hand is highly impressive, especially the way he throws the deep ball. But you have to be able to do different things in, in the back end. I think if you just show one coverage, if you just show one scenario, one situation to them every single time and just play, you know, we're going to be a man cover team where well, you better be very, very gifted um, at the corner position. And cause they're very gifted at the wide receiver position and, you know, so on as you go down the lines and there's a matchup problem with number 19. I don't apologize. I should know his name. I don't know it right off the top of my head, but uh, he's, he's a tremendous player. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to go out and take your spots, but it all starts with disrupting the quarterback a little bit. Cole Turner is number 19th name. He is 6'6", 235, 40 pounds, and, and runs uh, like the wind. So he's, he's a special kid.
0: So there's all the X's and O's in the football and the matchup. And then there's also kind of the psychological element. What do you do to pump your kids up? Because they have not gotten a lot of positive reinforcement in eight quarters of football so far. And, and that can be an issue aside from the X's and O's.
1: Yeah, I think the bottom line is, is I believe we're in the situations is that you're honest um, with, with the young men. And we are honest with them from a coaching staff standpoint. Um, you know, I'm not in every position meeting but I know exactly the message that I'm sending out and what I've told the staff to be able to send out in these spots is, you know, it's it's not it's not where we want it to be. It's not good enough. Um, but we can't use where we're at as a crutch. And these are your learning moments for football. They're learning moments for life. Um, people aren't gonna like it and I'm sure you know when I say that to a football team, some people look and say like you're crazy, you should just be ripping them and this and that. The fact of the matter is is we are where we are and we had a football team that you you, you have to communicate with them and let them know why we're in this situation, what the situation is and a lot of that stuff, you know, we, uh, I think it's fair to say that we communicated to keep it in house as, as a football team, but Nothing is ever going to be a crutch for us. And these kids will fight. They'll compete regardless of what continues to take place through the year. I believe they will because we are honest with them. Now, are they frustrated? Heck, yeah, everybody is. You want to win football games. Um, You don't want to get beat the way that we've gotten beat, but we don't run from saying, okay, we got beat on the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's happened to us, and it's happened twice this year. Um, it happened sometimes last year in certain games when we, we got beat physically at the line of scrimmage. Is it going to happen again and again? I don't know that until we play those games. But we've got to look at ourselves and understand why we are where we are. Um, you know, that was a big, giant, physical offensive line that, that knocked us around up front. And the defensive front on the other side, did what they did. Now, San Diego State on defense, I don't know, the last time they gave up, I don't know, very many points but it's been a long time so they're they're talented but uh we'll stay positive uh we'll push them we'll grind them we won't let them have any excuses uh but we will teach and learn in these moments that's that's what we do and they're hard it's hard to get up it's hard to wake up at three in the morning and uh sit there and and toss and turn and try to figure out what's best for the kids but you know what we're all here for six more weeks and we got to fight to get better because the situation we're in has
2: been created how do you find an identity on offense?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, I'd like to say that our identity always starts up front and, and it hasn't been able to do that consistently. There's been times when it's shown. But we need we need to uh, show what we do well and what we can do well. Until then, you do not have an identity. You can talk about an identity. You can pretend about an identity. Um, but right now, our ability to successfully you know continue to throw the ball and have continued success is not there it's not in the run game either Um, so I would say to you this we want that to happen it's definitely a work in progress and I think if I tell you right now and sit here and talk to you and Aggie Nation and say well this is our identity on offense we don't have an identity on offense just like I said after the game and you need to find that if you're going to have success and identity you know first comes with scoring points on the offensive side of the football.
0: Well, Gary, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. There are better times to come on the air, but we appreciate you uh, coming on right now, and good luck in Reno. Hey,
1: you know what? We're all good. We're going to keep on fighting and battling through this thing, and like I said, we are we are because that's what we've created. So shift, ready, break, get better, Aggies. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day.
0: Here's Gary Anderson, the Aggies head coach. You'd coach Kyle Whittingham coming up next. Six games kicking off Saturday morning with USC and Arizona State. And as PK and I were talking about, why are they playing in L.A. at 9 a.m.? Play this game in Tempe at 10. And either flip it or, in my, in my book, they could open with UCLA at ASU and it'd be a big game. Right? UCLA, there's a lot of TV sets in Los Angeles. There's a lot of UCLA fans. There's a lot of SC fans who want to see him fail. (laughs) They want to see, there's a lot of people across the conference who'd like to see Chip Kelly fired because they think he cheated at Oregon and he's not really all that smart. Now he doesn't have the Nike logo behind him. And how's that going? See, it generates emotion. People would watch the game, open it with UCLA SU. You'll still have USC ASU in your back pocket later on. I don't know. Maybe Fox would have shot it down, but it made sense to me. Anyway, it's a, it's a, Really early wake up call. I think the guys have to eat breakfast at 4:45 in the morning for a ten a nine a.m. game. Yikes! Uh, then at two o'clock it's Utah and Utah and Arizona, and the rest of the games uh, prime time. Oregon got a pretty good TV slot early in the evening. So if you want to watch Pac twelve football, you're set up for a triple header this week, and it ought to be pretty good. All right, here's Kyle Whittingham with the media talking quarterbacks, um, talking Britton Covey, uh, and and talking about issues with the defense as well. Here is Kyle Whittingham.
4: Okay, Uh, game week finally here, and uh, that's a a relief in a lot of ways for our guys. Been working a lot of months uh, without any opponent and uh, hitting each other, and tired of that. It's been the longest stretch of my career, and I'm sure everybody's, of of practice without playing. And so it's exciting that the week is here. Uh, We definitely need this week of practice, and uh, we're going to maximize the time we have. Uh, we'll be on the field today in full pads. It'll be most likely our last pad of practice before the game. Uh, tomorrow's off uh, as per the uh, Pac-12 mandate. and we'll be back at it Wednesday, and that will be the normal run-up to the, uh, to the game on Saturday. So guys are looking forward to it. They're eager to get going. Um, and uh, it's going to be a different game day atmosphere, obviously, with with the uh, circumstances that are involved and no fans and so it's all it's all continuing to be uh, uncharted territory and, and new experience for our guys but uh that's you know the situation that we're in and so we just move forward and and uh hopefully we'll play well on saturday so questions
5: start off with chris Tomrani from the athletic followed by patrick Kinnihan, 1280 the zone Kyle, as you alluded to last week, uh, the era of COVID can decimate a positional room really quickly. And we've seen some teams around the country have to entertain a fourth or fifth string quarterback. Who is four and five in theory if COVID were to hit your quarterback room?
4: Okay, number four is Cooper Justice, our freshman from Oregon, who is uh, doing a great job and, and really has shown a lot of promise uh, throughout the the last several uh weeks of practice he's a big kid he's six five maybe six six uh 235 pounds uh, lefty big arm and uh, extremely intelligent so it would be cooper justice if we get that far if we get to number five there's uh, two or three guys that really we'd have to sort out right now that are that are not uh, in any sort of uh, pecking order and so we've got one through four and that's as far as far as we've gotten now hopefully we don't have to go that far but but you never know so we'll see see how things uh, shape up
5: next we'll go to patrick Kinahan, followed by jeff call from the deseret news
2: you know, Kyle, most of us in the media haven't seen Cam rising except for spring of 2019, I think it was, when he played some and we were allowed to go to the practices. And since then, we haven't seen him play. Could you describe what his best attributes are?
4: Okay, Cam is, uh, first of all, he's a tremendous athlete. He's uh, he's fast, and somewhere in the 4'6 range in the 40, which for a QB is is pretty darn good. He's got decent size to him, 6'2 and about 215 pounds. Uh, he's got a, a strong arm, quick decision-maker, and uh, he's really come a long way since he got in our program. He's done a, I think it a couple weeks ago, we talked about his skill set and what's changed. He's, he's doing a great job taking care of the football, whereas when he first got here, he was a little bit of a, a loose cannon, uh, trying to put the ball in spots that were, uh, really there was no play there to be made and, and uh, not taking care of the football, not making great decisions. But uh, what's really improved is... Uh, along with that is his accuracy. He's, he's throwing the ball much better right now as far as uh, completion percentage. We chart every throw every single day. And so he's he's really uh, come a long way since he got here. Not that he was not a good quarterback when he got here, but Andy's done a nice job of refining him and, and uh, getting him to play within the framework of the offense. And that's not to say that he can't break the pocket and extend the play and make things happen, because that's going to be something that... Uh, you know, is is valuable to every offense is, is being able to extend the play, and that's really, to me, a difference maker. And uh, when you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint, if you got a quarterback that can do that, it's uh, it's a pretty dangerous situation for you on defense, and and uh, he's got that ability. We'll go now to
5: Jeff Call from the Deseret News, followed by Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, Coach,
3: uh, what does it mean for this team and the offense to have Britton Covey back and? What can you tell us about what you've seen from him behind the scenes this past year to just get back to where he is
5: now?
4: Well, it's huge for our offense. It's huge for our special teams. He's uh, one of the best returners in the nation, at least he was his freshman year. And and uh, we expect him to, to be very dangerous as a punt returner and a kickoff returner. Um, he's completely healthy as far as the knee injury. And we re- regained his quickness, his speed. He was not himself last year, and that's why we made the decision to – to sit him out after those first four games and, and not uh, utilize the year of uh, eligibility so he was able to get a redshirt year last year. And then, of course, this year doesn't count, so it's like another, I guess, redshirt year. But uh, he means a lot to our offense. He's got a, a role that uh, is significant. Um, he's one of the best slot receivers in the Pac-12, and uh, we're expecting him to, to have an impact on our on our offense in a very positive way. Was that the entire question? Was there something else to that?
3: Uh, I just uh, guess, what did you see from him? What do you see from him this past year, kind of behind
4: the scenes of the process of getting back to where he is? Yeah, well, first of all, he's a tireless worker. He, he, he'll he rehab as well as anybody we've ever had here. He's very conscientious of, of getting himself healthy and, and it means a lot to him. He's a great leader for us. He was uh, elected onto the leadership council. His uh, teammates really respect him and, and he carries a lot of weight around here with the teammates. He's got a great attitude. He's always, always uh, positive and a lot, has a lot of juice and energy at practice, and just one of those guys. When you're around him, he uh, you know, he has an effect. He rubs off on everybody else as far as his his attitude's infectious and his enthusiasm and his his passion for the game.
5: Thank you. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, followed by Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com.
4: Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um.
5: You guys just released the first in season two deep in the middle of the Zoom call and just kind of scanning it. I see that RJ Hubert is is not on the two deep. Is that an indication that he got beaten out? Is there an injury setback or should we not look at that too closely?
4: Well, he's uh, coming off that serious injury that he had in the uh, championship game and he's still having some He's not himself yet. He's still a little bit off the pace. R.J.'s a fine football player and a guy that, when he's right, he's definitely a guy that's going to help us. But uh, right now, he's just trying to get back to to uh, where he was prior to the injury, and it's been a long, hard road for him. But uh, he's still with us, and we're optimistic that, that at some point, it's kind of like Britton Covey last year, a very similar situation other than R.J. is probably further behind than Britain was when he tried to, to uh, come back. And so that being the case, uh, we've, got, we've had to move past him for the moment, for the time being. But uh, I've got a lot of uh, optimism that at some point down the road, he'll he'll get back to uh, what he was prior to the injury and, and be able to start to help us again. Just a
0: quick follow-up. Um, at left guard, I mean, at this point, what are you looking for as the game Approaches between Keaton Bills uh, and Brayden Daniels? Those two have performed
4: uh, exceptionally well all camp long and all prior to that. And so they both earned the uh, opportunity to play and they're going to play and they're going to rotate. And as with a lot of the positions, there's a lot of positions you see a starting lineup, but there's the backups are going to get reps and, and uh, we'll see who settles in and, and does the best job in game situations. And so there's a lot of these uh ones and twos that are very close neck and neck you know a lot of them are listed as or but uh, some of them that are listed as one and two the two's still going to get reps and and uh, see how things unfold during the course of of the season And, and you can play your way into more playing time or less as the case may be depending on how you perform
5: next we'll go to trevor allen followed by josh furlong ksl
2: coach you've you've gone through a lot of different um you know
1: game week modes and i know that 2020 is completely different D- does it have that that
4: a different feel or, or is it just another game week for you it does have a little different feel and uh we went through uh the other day our pre-game routine and, and that's had to be changed up because not only are we dealing with uh you know the 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 COVID stuff and, and those restrictions and those modifications that we had to make, but, but we don't have a locker room over at the, over the stadium. And so that's caused us to change our route quite a bit. And again, I've already gone through that uh, a week or two ago that we're not complaining about it, but it has definitely made the, the pregame uh, routine change. And, and it's dramatically changed. And so we're going to do a lot of the, the pregame stuff over here at our facility and then arrive at the stadium much later than we used to because of uh, the need to, Get things done here where we have better facilities to work with.
5: Next will be Josh Furlong, followed by John Kuhn from the Associated Press. Kind of following off Trevor's question, you, you obviously have a couple of weeks to prepare for Arizona and be able to uh, kind of ease into them, but normally you have non conference games before you get into the conference slate. How, how do you prepare differently, or has it been different uh, to maybe previous years in terms of your preparation coming into the season?
4: not much difference even though you're right we're jumping right into pac-12 play without uh, a preseason schedule but but we don't or uh, haven't prepared really any differently you got to prepare to play your best and be at your best in game one regardless of who you're playing and so i i would say that the big difference in this camp has been the amount of contact because uh, we've got so many guys that we got to get up to speed and the only way to to get a a true evaluation get them up to speed is with live work and so we don't feel like we overdid it we're still fresh we haven't had uh, you know any major run of injuries it's been about the same as any other camp and and so in that respect we we feel like we uh, got a lot accomplished with the live work and that's obviously over with and hasn't Hasn't been any live work for several days now, but uh, that's that's been the biggest difference this camp as opposed to previous camps is the amount of live work was was much more and, and uh, trying to get these guys who have never played a snap or a down of uh, college football some some live experience. John Kuhn followed by Ryan Costeca from SI.com.
6: Kyle, uh, looking at your running backs, Devin Brumfield and Jordan Wilmore, the top of the depth chart going into the game. Um, what, what specific things do, do each of those players bring to the running game? I mean, do, do they bring kind of a different look for a defense to prepare for? Do they have like different attributes that you like that they bring to the run game?
4: They do, and uh, Devin is more of an inside runner. He's, he's our biggest back. He's 215 pounds. He's a physical runner in between the tackles. He's a, a guy that never makes a mental mistake, uh, handles his pass protections, his blitz pickups exceptionally well, catches the ball out of the backfield well, and just very steady and very... Uh, very uh, consistent in this play. Jordan Wilmore is a little more elusive, maybe more of an outside guy, although he is pretty tough in between the tackles. He'll stick it up in there. But uh, Jordan is, uh, Devin's been with us the longest. Jordan is is a sophomore, Devin's a junior this year. But uh, Jordan has really made a lot of strides since last year. Nobody really got a bunch of work in the last several years with Zach Moss taking the, the the vast majority of the carries, but uh, they both bring something to the table, as do the other two. Mackay Bernard and and uh, Ty Jordan will also be on the field and, and get their reps in, in situations, and, and they have their uh, package of plays. We're going to utilize those guys, and so it'll be a by-committee running back situation, at least early on. And again, if somebody... Clearly demonstrates through game reps that they're uh, above the other guys and, and we'll gravitate towards that guy. But uh, right now, we, we plan on using all four and uh, we feel good about all. Ryan Costeca followed
5: by Trevor Allen, KSL Sports. Hey, Coach, I don't know if you know, but uh, Covey broke the news, you know, that he's actually going to be starting a quarterback on Saturday.
4: He let that out of the bag?
5: Yes, he did. But uh he did say that, you know, whoever the starter is, you know, he's been really happy with the reps they've gotten, the chemistry they develop. Is that part of your reason of why you named the starting quarterback, you know, beginning of last week, just so they can get all those first team reps?
4: Yeah, that's a big reason is, is for the continuity and the, and the, uh, the, just the guy that's going to be the guy working with the ones and the, and the, uh, you know, both the line and the receivers, because that's important, is the continuity and the and the comfort level with uh, working with those guys. And and uh, so, short answer is yes, that's a, a big reason why we made the decision as early as we did. Also, we felt like we had enough body of work and uh, enough to evaluate to make a intelligent decision. Next, we'll go to Trevor Allen. You guys have already
1: got a uh, good good quarterback. You guys are going to be facing in uh, Grant Gannell starting out, you know, right out of the gates. What what have you seen in his game, and and, and what kind of problems could he create for your defense?
4: Well, we saw a lot of him last year. He's uh, he was just a young guy last year, you know, brand new to the program. He's a year more experienced, and and uh, he's a good thrower. He's a, he's a very capable runner. Um, kind of like what you saw to Herbert when Herbert was a freshman he was there's similarities there in, in size and, and style of play I'm not saying he's he's the next Herbert but but uh, that type of quarterback and and uh, you know we just got to be ready for for uh, anything you know offensively and you know for anything across the board for that matter it's an opener and anytime you're playing an opener there's a lot of unknowns and you had a you get to have a pretty generic and uh broad spectrum game plan that that can handle pretty much anything you see because teams can change a bunch over the course of a year so we got to be ready for different personnel groups and, and things we haven't seen and they haven't put on tape in years past so so uh that's going to be a, a challenge like it is for everybody in the country in their opener it's a, it's a guessing game and, and uh but but him as a as a player he's he's a very good player and, and i think he's got a bright future there
0: there's Kyle Whittingham, and apparently we're going to get him every Monday throughout the season. He used to do a noon press conference, but it's COVID times. All the schools online, all the player schedules have changed, so the coach's schedule changed, too. So you'll get Kyle uh, live, usually on Mondays during the 8 a.m. hour. But if you can't hear that, we'll probably be replaying it uh, Tuesday morning early in the show here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, next up, let's hear from uh, Kalani Sataki. He's on the way. Coming up next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, you've heard from Gary Anderson. It is time now to hear from Kalani Sitake, head coach at BYU. And man, this this is the game right here. They're playing Boise State. Boise State's got a 20-year rep that's rock solid. They got a team that looks like they're good. They've already had to go to their backup quarterback. They didn't miss a beat. They're two and zero. The game is in Boise. You got to win on the blue turf. You took them down home last year. You know you're good enough, but you still got to go do it. There have been issues for the Broncos at running back as well as quarterback, but they seem to be getting production either way. Uh, It's not going to be easy. There's nothing easy about it. If you get the win, then I think the softness of the schedule goes away because the Broncos are the— Well, first off, I think it's important because you don't really have to change the storyline. You pass the eyeball test. The national media is talking about you. The national media thinks you're good. The NFL is looking at multiple guys on this roster, right? They're looking at the quarterback. They're looking at a couple offensive linemen. They're looking at the defensive linemen. And there may well be other guys who play or get drafted as well. We'll have to see how that pans out. Um, But the NFL likes you. The national media likes you. So you don't really have to justify yourself. You know, it's uh it's like this parliamentary procedure, Your Honor. We've got the motion. We just need a second. That's what this game is. You got to second the motion. The motion is BYU is good. Now you gotta back it up. All right, here's Kalani Sutaki meeting with the media.
6: Excited for this week, you know, and then a short week for us, but uh, looking forward to the matchup and, and getting up to Boise and, and playing a very qual, uh, quality team that's ranked. Um, have a lot of respect for Coach Harson and that program and the coaches and the players and uh, have a great fan base. And so really looking forward to the game. Uh, we consider them a rival for us and, and uh, a game that's been consistent for us since I've been here as head coach. So uh, looking forward to the matchup and, and, and excited for the game on Friday
5: Kalani you just mentioned you know playing Boise State with everything that would certainly appear to be on the line in this game how do you guys view this matchup knowing that it could have pretty large implications in terms of postseason
6: all we care about is, is being at our best and seeing what happens afterwards. I mean, that's going to be the, that's been our focus this entire season. And, uh, I know a lot of media members wanted to talk about this game last week or even two weeks ago. And so, uh, we're just excited that the game's here, but our focus has been completely on the opponent that uh, of the week and learning and getting better from the mistakes, uh, from last week's game. So that, that's our, our main focus. Nothing's going to change. Um, we've been on the road before we've, we've, uh, uh, I've been really pleased with the way our players have kept their focus, and and nothing's going to change that. You know, with this week, we're not worried about anything other than being at our best and scouting. Uh, you know, Boise State. That uh, seems like they've reloaded really well, and they they have a, a a lot of depth on their team. Play tough brand of football, and they do a lot of different things on offense, defense, and special teams. So uh, it's going to take all of our, t- our attention. But just like it's been every week. Um, they're, they're a difficult uh, opponent, and, our, and uh, we respect them a lot. And part of that respect is making sure that we're ready and, and give them our best shot because we know we're going to get theirs.
5: Kalani, uh, going back three years when you were recruiting Zach Wilson, obviously committed to Boise State, why, uh, why did you pursue him so hard? What, what did you see about him? What, why was it so important to get him in Provo?
6: Uh, i knew he was a great player i mean that's uh, <laughs> uh that's um just you just know that there's something about him that i i there's something about him i really liked and i've known him since he was a kid so uh i get to know these kids and see them and and see them grow up and see them run their high school programs and um see their families and i know what families they come from and so he he has this i found I, i realized that he could be a great addition to what we do here and um it's really in line with what we do and you know, I, I like the way he was raised, and so um, it's probably why we signed his little brother too, at linebacker with Josh. And so, just like good players with with a, with a background of toughness and a foundation of hard work, and that's what that's what Zach gives us. And glad that he's part of our team, and an honor for me to be his coach.
2: Kalani, how much do you take out of last year's win? Obviously, both teams had backup quarterbacks at the time. Um, you know, what, what do you take away from that? Uh, for this year and maybe what are you not?
6: Um, there's some carryover but I think there's different there's different bodies on the field different names uh, and then there's you know I the one thing I I, I, uh, I noticed, and you're watching Boise and being around them for so many years, and and this is Coach Harson, to, to you know, he, he's just so detailed in that they basically put guys in there and, and doesn't seem to have a lot of um, drop off. And so, um, you know, as you watch them, the replacements that they've had come in this year, uh, still not a lot of drop off from from from, uh, from last year, and uh, and then he does a great job at utilizing skill. On, on all three phases, specifically on offense. I know they they spread their guys around and find different ways to get the get their playmakers the ball. And and that's based around a, a, a solid foundation, which is the O-line. We we feel like we, we try to do the same uh, same thing and similar things uh, to them. And so I think it would be a great matchup, but a lot of respect for what he's been able to do as a head coach and what his uh, coaching staff has been able to do, uh, reloading their players, because it doesn't seem to miss a beat.
0: Yeah, Kalani, uh, Zach's talked in the past about how prove them wrong is kind of a mentality that he uses with his game. I'm, I'm curious, how would you describe Wilson's mentality and how he approaches the game and his mentality when he's on the field playing?
6: I think he, he always viewed himself as a, as a great quarterback, just needed everyone to see it. And I think that he had a lot of things in the way, um, specifically injuries and maybe a little bit of youth, right? But um, his mentality has always been um, to, to compete and be the best that he can. And so he, he doesn't just rest. The guy gets better. Even if he's not able to throw, he finds a way to get his, his – um, the mental part of this game strong. He's just a hard worker and then just never satisfied. And um, when you have that, you know, under center or in the shotgun nowadays, uh, I mean, good things can happen for you. So I feel like we have a, a good number of players that, that are built the same way. And, and um, you know, they, they love what they do here, love what we represent and love the way we play the, our brand of football. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, there's a lot of things that Zach can still do that people haven't seen yet. So looking forward to seeing him do it coach we
5: talked after the game saturday night about how this is a, a short week but an even shorter week because of election day and kind of the ncaa rules around that obviously we know what you guys can't do and boise's in the same boat the whole country's in the same boat but can you give us a little bit of a walkthrough of kind of what you you guys have done on the staff to sort of emphasize election day educationally maybe helping players get registered that kind of thing are there things that you kind of have done maybe even outside of football to sort of emphasize that like this is is the reason why the NCAA wants us to take it off?
6: Yeah, it's, it's part of our, our mission as a team. It's part of what what we do is, is uh, be involved with service and be involved with the community. Um, that's you know, not a lot of teams do. I mean, I'd say not a lot of teams. Teams try to do that and try to be out in the community. Um, but that's something that we really put out there in recruiting. That, that That's part of the, the job here. And and if guys just want to play football and that's it, then that, that probably doesn't work for us. You know, we need them to be out there and be in the community, be with a fan base, appreciate the game, and respect um, others as much as possible. And something beautiful happens when you're able to serve. And a good number of our guys are returned missionaries and have served and have put, you know, Put, put everything on on hold to go and serve others. And just something beautiful happens when people serve. So I'm okay with the NCAA promoting a civic engagement, something that we are in, uh, definitely aligned with. And uh, we'll take advantage of it. I, I know people say, well, you, you guys can't do this and can't do that with a limited time. But uh, what we can do is uh, is embrace it and look at it as going into our eighth game, what, nine 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 week season so far. Uh, we can look at it as, as a Time to focus on other things and and be real well rounded. When it's time, you know, when you're so uh, so swallowed up with football, it's good to take a little break. And uh, tomorrow will be a good one for them. So I, I think we're going to embrace everything about it and, and um, make the adjustments. I, I trust our coaches and our, our players. that get to the right scheme in place and make sure that we're ready to roll. We. I, I think it's different for us. We're going into week game eight. And so I think this is the, the, the timing and the change will work in our benefit.
5: Kalani, we saw Hank Bachmeyer play in the first game for Boise. And then we saw the Jack Sears this past weekend against Air Force. What's the challenge of preparing for both of those quarterbacks? Are they similar or are they so different you have to prepare two different systems?
6: They have four guys that can play quarterback, you know. And so I, I like that they have uh, guys that can play. They. Um, you know, we see Cord and Finnegan out there as well. So, um, I think uh, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier about coach Harson and, and their offensive staff. And uh, I think they do a great job getting their guys ready. So um, we have to be ready for whoever shows up in that quarterback position, but um, whoever it is, is going to be given the charge to, to try to run an efficient offense. And we're going to have to find ways to disrupt. It, it doesn't really matter who, who the quarterback's going to be, but I've been impressed with, with, um, you know, with both Bachmeier and Sears. I think they do a great job, obviously the, what they've been able to do. And, and, score a lot of points and and um, their their skill set is, is is impressive so we'll have to be ready for all, all you know both of them or or three or four of them if we have to
3: coach it's been a little over a year since you guys met uh, Boise State down in Provo last season where do you think you guys are the most improved you know as you look at this team versus the team that took the field that night how would you compare the teams and you know where have you guys made your biggest
6: strides I feel like getting our guys back healthy. I mean, we've we've been struck with the injury bug a little bit this year as well, but just the depth has been really good for us. Knowing that we have more experienced guys and uh, some veteran guys that, that are coming back, it's been it's been uh, it's been nice to have a good number of O linemen that we know that can play because a lot of them have started and, and some of them start had their first start against Boise. So um, I think that's that's something that's different for us. But I, I look at he stayed there, built the same way, you know, they, they, they put in pieces. They're deep as well. And, and uh, they're, they're used to having success. And right now, be, I think this is a good, great matchup for us. And, and uh, for them, it'd be, it'd be a, good, a good, good game. Looking forward to it.
5: Coach, uh, so kind of a two-part question. Uh, Zach Wilson was a late addition to your recruiting class when, when, he, when he committed to you guys. How big of a win was that for you guys in, your, in, in,
0: in the coach's office? And second part of the question was, what has been the most impressive part of his performance this season?
6: Well, it was a huge win because um, you know we I believed in him when 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 we were recruiting. I just there's just something that you can just see in a kid um, in high school that you just know they have it. And so I think he had the, the it factor for me, and and um, sometimes you just have this feeling in, in recruiting and coaching that you know you just got to go with a guy that that you feel like is going to be able to make make it, have a, a presence on the field. And and sometimes it's not just seen on the highlight. There's a lot of variables that go into recruiting, and um, you know, for us, it's a lot of sometimes it's development. But he's it's his mentality that I really liked, you know, and his work ethic. And so that was huge for us. I mean, uh, the the game of recruiting gets gets a little bit crazy because you you have the you know guys. Recruit from other schools, and they take from from uh, someone that was committed, and things like that. But when it's all said and done, it's it's it, it's down to the kid and what he decides, and his family decides the best for him. And uh, I think that in recruiting, the, the worst thing that could ever happen is someone goes to a school that they wish they would have been somewhere else. And so, uh, my approach to recruiting sometimes is to is to let the recruit and family see that uh, that that what we're about, and then let them make the best decision. The worst thing that could happen is someone come to BYU and wish they had gone to a different school and um, that does us no good and does him no good and so we're looking forward to in recruiting them you know making sure we filter out the guys that want to be here and, and the guys that we represent here and, and, and feel comfortable thriving and developing here in, the, in this environment.
3: Coach, you look at the series with Boise State, obviously a lot of last second, uh, you know, finishes the, the last two times you've been in Boise came down to the last play. Um, I know it's going to be a different atmosphere with no fans uh, on Friday night. But what just is your thoughts, I guess, on, on the battles you've had with them in recent years? And, and um, it's just, you know, probably expect nothing different on Friday night.
6: The game up in the games being up in Boise—is that what you're talking referring to?
3: Yeah, I mean, just the whole series, I guess, has had some great games, but yeah. in particular, uh, up there, the last couple of years have come down to the last, the last play, the last two times you've been in Boise.
6: Yeah, the cool thing—I mean, I, I, they have a great fan base, you know, and, and I had some really cool interactions with their fan base, um, both both the times that we've been up there, and, and so really impressed with them and and the energy they bring to their team. So that 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 was really impressive, you know. F- That it's what happens when you have, and like we, you know, we consider this a rival game for us. So, so it comes down to the wiring and gets close, and there's a lot of emotions involved in it. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, you know. And and we're we're looking forward to having trying to find some success up there. But uh, I think if we uh, show our best, we'll, we'll be able to live with whatever result happens.
3: Kalani, you've kind of
6: touched on this,
3: but how nice is it to have a game against a rival? No Utah this year, no Utah State. And, you know, a lot of the games got put together late against teams that you hadn't played before, and it was great to play the games. But how nice is it to be able to have a game against the team that you faced and you guys respect each other and have this rivalry opportunity?
6: Yeah, it's really nice, but uh, you know what? What um, just have from our team, our coaches, and our fan bases want to express our appreciation and gratitude to the, to Boise State and to the Mountain West Conference for allowing us this this game to happen. You know, and and, and um, there there are times that when we're trying to build this this uh, schedule. I know that when Tom was working through it, that that uh, we didn't know who was going to be out there, and so it was nice to have Boise step up and, and 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 get to make this game happen and to do it with their conference blessing. So more than anything, just a lot of gratitude and, and, and um, appreciation that we have this opportunity to play this game. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it and see what happens. But regardless, just, there's a lot of respect between the, the two programs and the fan bases and uh, just looking forward to the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and um, I've been really pleased with, with, with our team, but I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Boise. So looking forward to the preparation today and, and, and uh, making sure that we can you know, be at our best because I know they will be at theirs.
5: Yeah, Kalani, I just wanted more of a broad overview of what you see from Boise State going into this game through their first two games of the year.
6: They put up a lot of points, and uh, the the versatility of their offense is impressive. The fact that they can have... uh, You know, different quarterbacks. It's 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 consistent. That's what they've always been able to do. That that uh, doesn't doesn't matter the name of the quarterback. They they get in there. They're efficient, and it's based around the physical line, a run game that's really solid, and they can hurt you. And then uh, they have a lot of talent in the receiver receiving core and tight ends. And so, uh, really really complete team on offense on defense they bring a lot of pressure they do a lot of different looks and they're physical up front as well front seven and so a lot of success there i just don't um the only thing that i can say is different is i haven't seen their field goal kicker kick a field goal yet because it's all been pats and so that's that's uh that's really impressive you know and, and um you know ho- hopefully uh hopefully we don't have to see them out there on the field but but you know this is a this is a tough tough matchup for us and we're looking forward to, to the test i, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us
3: hey coach uh i've been multitasking so i apologize if this has already been asked but
0: um do you have an update on zane anderson uh his status oh
6: yeah zane is a a game time decision um we're we're hoping so he's not out for this week so we're hoping to see a lot of improvement in the next couple days um he's played a lot of football for us and so it's just a matter of does he have enough uh practice time this week uh, for what we're going to see, uh, you know, and then uh, can he perform, but uh, we're going to trust him and, and athletic training room to, to get him ready. And and then that decision will be made on the field at, at, up in Boise.
0: Coach, uh, the last time you guys played in Auburn Stadium, uh, Zach Wilson got stopped short of the goal line on fourth down in, in a close
5: loss. Have you guys talked about that moment at all? And, and is he the kind of player that kind of draws on that for motivation?
6: I think he draws on a lot of things for motivation. Um, just knowing him and the way he operates, um, you know, right after the games, he's always looking for ways to improve and things that he made mistakes on. So I think that's something that's been on his mind, but I don't know if it's been on his mind recently, but I think he was a true freshman that year, you know, so it was a, it was a really good game, just didn't work out in our favor, you know, and, and um, uh, I think the, the year before, I mean, the time before was a field goal that, that didn't go our way either, so um, we're just going to keep playing and, and, and put ourselves in a position to, to have success, and hopefully uh, things will go our way. But I, I think I think uh, we we learn from a lot of things. We learn from success. And we learn from failure as well. So uh, you know, hopefully we we've learned quite enough to get us, uh, I guess, a better showing up in Boise.
0: There's Kalani Sataki meeting with the media. You've heard from all the coaches. PKI next. What is trending? All the headlines. Oh, the NFC East in prime time again. Well, isn't that special? We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us.